You know, no matter how many times we have been here before, I don't know that any of us can truly ever be ready for Holy Week. No matter how much preparation we did during the season of Lent, no matter how much we tried to get ready over the past six weeks, no matter how much we thought we know what's ahead, we know what's coming, we know how this story ends, Holy Week finally shows up, and it never fails to hit us like a ton of bricks, because of course this is the week when Jesus died. And although we might be able to be ready for that up here, I don't know that we can ever truly be ready for that down here. Especially given how the week begins. Because, of course, Holy Week begins today. It starts with Palm Sunday. And all of the joy and the festivity and the celebration that comes with it. I mean, you heard how Reverend Nancy described it earlier in her reading from the Gospel of Mark. Mark says that Palm Sunday all started with a triumphant parade. He said it started with Jesus' triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem as he rode in on the back of a donkey. And it was then that all of the people began to line the city streets. They were waving palm branches and throwing their cloaks down on the road. And then together they shouted in unison, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, I realize that to some of us in the room this morning, that may seem like kind of an odd way to welcome someone into the city. Because if it were up to us, I know that some of us, instead of throwing our cloaks down on the road, we would have, you know, rolled out a red carpet. And instead of waving palm branches, we would have opted for confetti and streamers. And if we weren't able to afford a limo or a town car, at the very least, we would have called Jesus an Uber. But what I want you to understand this morning is that all of the different elements of the Palm Sunday story, they were exactly how people in the Old Testament would have welcomed home a king who had been victorious in war. According to the Old Testament, they would have lined the streets and waved palm branches. They would have thrown their cloaks down on the road. But most of all, they would have sung in unison Psalm 118. And what line is included in Psalm 118? Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When you realize that for people in the Old Testament, this was how they welcomed home a king, you realize that the people who had lined up on the streets on that Palm Sunday, for them, this was so much more than just a celebration. No, they thought this was going to be a coronation. Because they assumed that Jesus was, in fact, the long-awaited Messiah. They assumed that he was going to be the one who would reestablish the kingdom of Israel and finally sit on King David's throne. Most of all, though, they thought that Jesus was the one who was going to be able to do what the people were asking him to do because what were they shouting? Hosanna. And what does Hosanna literally mean? It means save us. 
And they assumed that Jesus was the one who was finally going to be able to do just that. And so for this reason and so many more, I've always assumed that if there was one day that the disciples could have pressed pause on and freeze-framed forever, it would have been Palm Sunday. Because for them, it does not get any better than this. I mean, this, this is what they were waiting for. This is what they were hoping for. After three long years of ministry with Jesus, they thought that finally it's going to end in victory. It's finally going to end in triumph for the disciples. They figured that this is how the Jesus movie is supposed to end. But little did they know that just five short days later, everything changed. In fact, it would be impossible to put into words just how stark the difference is between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. Because according to the Gospels, by the end of the week, the same crowd that had been shouting Hosanna was now shouting crucify him. And instead of coronating Jesus with a crown made of gold, they were instead trying to humiliate him with a crown made of thorns. Instead of a parade route that finally ended at King David's royal throne, they instead put a cross on Jesus' back and they led him down the Via Dolorosa. It was a parade route that ultimately led to Calvary. All of this happened in just five short days. And so it is, I've always assumed that if there was one question that was swirling through the minds of the disciples on that fateful Friday, it would have been, how on earth did this happen? I mean, how is this even possible? How did we go from the, the joy and the celebration of Palm Sunday just five days ago to the heartache and tragedy and crucifixion of Good Friday just five days later, how could any of this have happened? Well, to be sure, there are libraries worth of books that have been written on that very subject. And there's certainly no limit as to how many different ways we could answer that question this morning. But today, what I want to offer to you is just one reason. And that reason is this. It's because Good Friday was always a part of the plan. I don't want any of you to think that somehow Jesus showed up on Good Friday and he took a look at the cross and all of a sudden it took him by surprise. I don't want you to think that Jesus assumed that his three years of ministry would end any differently than on the cross. No, this was always a part of the plan from the very beginning. Because from the fateful moment in the Garden of Eden, when sin infected the world forever, God knew that it was going to require nothing less than an incarnational rescue mission to do what the people were asking Jesus to do on Palm Sunday because they were asking him, they were crying out, Hosanna, save us. And that is exactly why Jesus was sent. 
In fact, throughout his ministry, that's why the Gospels tell us that he was constantly trying to forewarn his disciples about his impending death. He was constantly trying to tell them that once they arrived in Jerusalem, this is what was going to happen. But of course, the disciples didn't want to hear that. More than that, the disciples didn't want to believe that because the disciples wanted a Palm Sunday Messiah. They weren't interested in a Good Friday Messiah. But nevertheless, Jesus said, I'm telling you this so that when it happens, you'll know. You'll know that my life is not being taken from me. I'm giving it away. Willingly, freely, sacrificially, of my own volition. When you see me on the cross, know that I'm not being murdered. (laughs) No, I am giving my life as a ransom for many. And if when it's all said and done, it leaves you wondering why on earth would I ever do such a thing, the answer, Jesus says, is actually pretty easy. It's because that's how much I love you. No matter how many times you deny me, no matter how many times you betray me, no matter how many times you fail to live up to what it means to be a disciple of mine, this one truth remains. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not die but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. On Palm Sunday, the crowds cried out, Hosanna, save us. And on Good Friday, Jesus did exactly that. And why? because that's how much he loves us. Now, as a preacher, I have heard many a story that try to capture the essence of or the meaning of the love that's represented in the cross. But I think the one that I've always appreciated the most was offered by another minister. And she said that the person who taught her the true meaning of love was her mother. She said, because when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, I was probably like most of you, she said, I I was a little bit rebellious and a whole lot irresponsible. And one fateful Friday night, those two things unfortunately mixed together, and I did something really, really dumb and really, really bad. But thankfully, I had a mother who was really, really understanding And she said, I remember coming home and I just felt so awful, so ashamed, so embarrassed. And I remember falling into my mother's arms and I'm just sobbing and I'm apologizing. I'm saying, I'm so sorry, mom. I can't believe I would do such a thing. And then in a moment of true brokenness, she said to her mother, I don't know how you can love me after doing such a thing. I don't know how you can love me when I'm simply not lovable. And she said, I I will never forget what my mother said to me. My mother 
squeezed me as tight as she could, and she said, oh, honey, I don't love you because you're lovable. I love you because you're mine. On Palm Sunday, the people cried out, Hosanna, save us. And on Good Friday, Jesus did exactly that. And the reason why, according to Jesus, is because you're mine. And that is how much I love you. Let us pray. Oh Lord, on this Palm Passion Sunday, prepare us as best we can for all that we are about to experience. Open our hearts that we might follow you all the way to Calvary and understand at last the fullness of your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.